Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reservations. We are your hosts. I'm Rain Whalen. And some people call me the Space Cowboy. Oh, my God. Nail it. <laughs> Which, that gives me opportunities to do more of that song later on. So, I mean, that's, I mean, we got Gangster Love, Joker, Smoker, Midnight Toker. I have lots of options. So, God. but I wanted to go with Space Cowboy tonight. <laughs> you know, Space Cowboy, um, could be used for so many things too, if you really think about it. I mean, listen, I love me some Steve Miliband, and Steve Miliband loves me. <laughs> well, uh, welcome back, everyone. Um, we uh, we hope you enjoyed our goofy movie episode and our, our little dip in uh, childhood uh, um, nostalgia. Nostalgia. Yeah, I forgot the word there. That's okay. Now we're gonna get serious again. Oh, can't wait to get. I love getting serious. Um, <laughs> Uh, but before we go, I want to I want to give a shout out to my dad, who oh. apparently has been binging the podcast uh, <laughs> since I told him that I don't remember what episode. I was like, yeah, you should listen to it, and he's just been binging it straight. Wow, is um, he? Does he even like it? Yeah, he says we're really funny. Oh, yeah, and wow. um, and I told you that he got to an episode. I guess when I admitted that I hadn't seen The Shining mm-hmm. up until that point. And he he gave me some shit about that, and I was like, How, "I can't believe you haven't seen The Shining." I'm like, "What are you talking about? I have seen The Shining. I own The Shining." And he was like, "But I just heard you say you didn't, you hadn't seen it." And I was like, and "You're like, bitch, that was like ten weeks ago." <laughs> oh no, you said no. Okay. <laughs> but now my dad. <laughs> thinks that you're gonna call him a bitch. Well, that's what I do when anyone upsets me. I was like, "Bitch." <laughs> Listen, you know, that's bitch, that. bitch. Um, but no, I really appreciate my dad listening. Uh, and I was I gonna, also appreciate your uh, your dad listening. Um, I was going to. Oh, <coughs> you'll love this. Apparently, my dad has actually seen Bugs. Because that was one of the other movies that he was like, you haven't seen The Shining or Bugs? Bugs? Yeah. The one you were talking about with Michael Shannon. Oh, Bug. Oh, sorry. Bug. It's it's sorry. Bug. Yeah, no, Bug. Bug is amazing. It's yeah. the, well, my, apparently my dad has seen it. Absolutely, it's so good. Uh, I still have not seen it. Oh boy! <laughs> but this movie I have seen as of last night. Perfect. <laughs> so if uh, anyone remembers from last week, uh, this week is Prisoners. It's a Jeremy pick this it's week. Guys. Jeremy's pick. Uh, this is a movie that I have wanted to see since it was uh, announced back in 2013. Mm-hmm. But the trailer, I never. Well, I, first of all, I never got around to actually seeing it. But every time I watched the trailers, I was like, ah, this movie looks just looks so intense. I don't it's, think I can yeah. handle it. And, you know, some people can't. And it, well, <laughs> I, I mean, I handled it pretty well, but the whole time I'm sitting there, like, hands on my face, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I woke up Ashley at one point because she uh, was in the bedroom watching American Horror Story while I was watching this. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was like oh, seriously? Really loud. Sorry, everyone. And she's like, is everything okay? What's wrong? I was like, it's fine. It's just the movie. <laughs> what part made you go seriously out loud? What, what, um, what, what, do you remember? Oh, man. Uh, it probably had to be when... Um, I think it was... I didn't sleep very good last night because of this movie. <laughs> but I think it, I think it was when um, the ant... Mm-hmm. Shoots Hugh Jackman in the leg and still makes him get in the hole. Yeah, I was just like, "Oh my well, god!" I mean, he said, "Man, I'm not going to get in because because you asked." <laughs> you yeah, know? 
Yeah, I mean, he did. He he he, he did tell her like, "You're gonna have to shoot me." That's right. She did. And he goes, <sighs> "Okay, not given." <laughs> but man, I am. I'm actually very glad I've seen this movie now. It's great. Yeah. Um, because you know, I've seen, and we're, I'm, I have a feeling both of us are gonna butcher his name, uh, Dini Villeneuve. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's something I do all the time is butcher his name. So I just say uh, Denny V. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Well, I think we'll just do that. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, so I've seen Blade Runner 2049. Which is great. Loved it. Uh, so that we, was... we have a little crossover with uh, the actor who played Bob Taylor. Um, oh, yeah. Who is, I guess, the, it's not a coroner, I guess, is what he is, or a, a bone expert, like in, in Bones. In 2049? In 2049, yeah. He's the one that... You know, he's the bald guy with the... Uh, I'll be honest. I don't remember him in 2049. I oh just remember him God. in uh, Dark Knight. Yes, he was in the Dark Knight. Um, Ant-Man. He was in Ant-Man. One and two. Yeah. Kurt, probably one of the best side characters. <laughs> and apparently that those two movies, like, saved his career. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're off topic, but yeah, I read an article that he, like, came out and said, like, if I hadn't been in the Dark Knight... And Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, I probably would not have a career right now. Interesting. But he did uh, But he did Prisoners. <laughs> he did Prisoners before Ant-Man. I know. Uh, I guess it was one of those things where I think it is because, you know, his character in Prisoners, Bob, isn't that um, it's, uh, like um, memorable. It, well, I mean, I disagree because I, I, I think well, his character is one of the most I have things to ask you about Bob, and like I, like we said off mic, I'm going to ask you these questions on mic, so your answers are genuine and my responses are genuine. Okay, but I have questions about Bob, but we'll get to Bob. So I kind of want to go over just a very basic synopsis. Okay, um, I'll let you do that because I'm terrible at those. Uh, well, we have um, two families. Mm-hmm. Um, they. I guess, I mean, they allude to, they went to high school together. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's more family friends. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it, like um, Terrence Howard mentions to, and I forgot his character's name, but. Keller, uh, wait, a huge, a huge, Keller yeah. is a huge, uh, jacked, huge jacked man. Yeah. Huge jacked man. That's right. And you can even tell, even though he's wearing all bulky clothes, that yeah. he's still in Wolverine shape. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. I think he was getting ready to do the Wolverine well, there around you go. this time. I don't know. Anyway, so, continue. um, oh, no, Terrence Howard, his name is, uh, Franklin. Mm. All right. So we, we allude to that Franklin and Keller went to high school together because he had mentioned, um, the band uniforms. The band uniforms. He goes, well, they're still wearing the ones that we, we wore. And even then those were from the seventies. Yeah. Um, and so it's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two families are coming together to have Thanksgiving dinner, and we are kind of introduced in these little small vignette scenes. We kind of get people's um, characters kind of down, right? We mm-hmm. get that Keller is very religious. Yep. He is very prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a hunter. He is a hunter. Um <clears throat> And he is a strict disciplinarian, okay? Yes. Um, and Maria Bello is his wife. And on the other side, Terrence Howard's wife is Viola Davis. I don't I love, I love Viola love Davis. Viola Davis. So their two youngest daughters, who I guess are the same age, around the same age. Six and seven. There you go. Um, are kidnapped. Right? Yes. And I absolutely love films that take place during winter. Um, it, it makes me feel good. I, I like it when 
it's winter time and mm. like the opposite would be like in Gone Girl everyone's sweating <laughs> because it's summer right because it's summer right mm-hmm. I like that they're cold in this one right yeah so and and I like I mentioned off mic I love that this movie doesn't doesn't slow build us to the kidnap it just it happens 15 right. minutes into the movie it happens it, they're kidnapped right yep. and I mean and now it's on right and so we are introduced to my favorite character in the film. Detective Loki. I will be honest. Uh, I was, I love Hugh Jackman, but I was digging Jake Gyllenhaal the entire movie. So we're we're introduced to to Jake in the opposite way. We're introduced to Keller in terms of camera movement, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, and he's on the case, and here we go. Right, and so mm-hmm. the whole film is, where are these kids? Who kidnapped them? We have all of these, um. The, these suspects and these rabbit holes that we go through and some of them are dead ends and some of them don't seem they seem absolutely this is the guy and then it's like oh it's not no oh, okay and it's just brilliant so let's so that's my very generic synopsis because I don't want to get too far into it because I want to talk about little things oh yeah absolutely uh, so really what I want to talk about first is number one uh, I want a hundred detective Loki movies. Yes. Um, I think that uh, it's one of the best detective stories of all time. I would I would put this up with Zodiac as one Ooh. of – which is also Jake Gyllenhaal, which yeah. is um, – I would put it up with Zodiac as my favorite detective films. Okay. Um, so when I mentioned earlier about introductions and camera movement, uh, when we're introduced to Keller and his son, it is a – it's a pullback, right? Mm-hmm. We, we – we see the deer and we're pulling back. We hear the Lord's Prayer. There we go. Which the Catholic in me <laughs> was like, yeah, you nailed it. That's yeah. it. <laughs> didn't, didn't mess up at all. That's those Lords. <laughs> and um, anyway, but when we meet Loki, it's a slow push in. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we're seeing him from behind. Right. Um, rather than as the camera catches up. Right. With Keller and his son. And there's a lot of really cool sort of just shots like that. You know, we also have one of my favorite shots. And I don't even – you may have noticed. I don't know if you did. But um, it's when Loki is out uh, checking on all of the sex offenders in the area. Mm-hmm. There's one where you can't see through the window. It's it's foggy and wet. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't hear what he's asking. Right. The guy. I mean, it's just a yeah. It might be a slow push in as well, or it might a be a, bit. yeah. And it's it's just so odd, and I just love it because I'm just like you know, it's it's sort of a visual representation of we're not going to spoon feed you anything. Yeah. Which, you know? uh, as you mentioned on Mike, you hate that. I hate that. And this movie is the opposite of that. This movie you have to watch a few times to get everything. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, because it's it's hard to be focused on like these six different things all at once. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> that. I mean not to not to sound pretentious, but I mean when it started to come together, I saw the big picture mm-hmm. because I love whodunits. Yep, and this is you know a thriller and a whodunit, you know merged into this beautiful. Medley and a torture film. Oh but. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Which I, I definitely want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, which um, sidebar? Ashley felt so bad for Paul Dano when right. she saw, like, because I had paused it to go pick her up from her grandparents. Ooh, where did you pause? Right after 
um, Hugh has just been wailing on him. Mm-hmm. And so his face is already all bloodied. Okay. <clears throat> and I paused it right when Hugh had his fist pulled back. Yeah. You know, and when I hit play and you, and you see Paul Dano's face, she was like, oh, poor Paul. Poor Paul. And oh. you know what? It ends up being poor Paul. Yeah. You know, he had absolutely nothing to do with any of it. No. In fact, he's a victim himself. Mm-hmm. And which, um, which I, I thought was a. Such a crazy reveal. Not only is it he is a a victim, but we had met his mother already. Um, that's right. I don't know if you got. Oh, it. that's right. That's, that's right. right. That's if right. She's that's watching right. the VHS tape of him, and she watches it every morning. Mm-hmm. And, and she don't, she's almost destroyed the tape. How often she's watched it. That's right. And so that that I think was the one of the most brilliant parts of the movie is that he ends up being that person that seemed relevant at the time but is now even more relevant mm-hmm. you know and that's what you know it's not a sort of a this is going to look like a waste of time but it's not I promise it was it's important but when you kind of keep it in the back but of your at head. the very end it's even more important and that's that's what makes a good reveal is, mm-hmm. yeah, is instead of toying with you with these seemingly insignificant events that you are like, why was that there? It must be important for later. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't think about it, you know? No. You it's important at the time, we move on. Right. Mm-hmm. Well and 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 how they did the reveal was really cool is, you know, they didn't tell you they didn't show you like a picture of the lady. Mm-mm. They showed you a picture of what he looked like when he was kidnapped. Yeah. And if you're like, wait a minute, that's <gasps> And oh. even in Melissa Leo's dialogue uh, that she said, um, you know, Alex was the first kid we kidnapped. I think his name was Jimmy or, or Barry Barry or something. I don't remember. Mm. It's hard to remember. And then she mentions Bobby Taylor. And mm. I mean, then it's like, OK, so Bobby Taylor really was a victim and had escaped or whatever. Um, Which, I, you know, th- those are some of the things I have questions about, but we'll get there. OK. Um, I want to talk about this movie is a brilliant study in blocking. OK. Yeah. So, two examples. The first one is after uh, Hugh Jackman has been beating Paul Dano to a pulp, right? Mm-hmm. And he has a bag over his head, okay? And this is when Viola Davis finds out what's been going on, yeah. where Keller and Franklin have been going to every night. And, by the way, it's Melissa Leo's, quote, nephew and... Whatever. Anyway, yeah. whatever. You've seen the movie. You're listening to it. Shut up. All right. So <laughs> um, we take the bag off his head. Oh, man. But we don't see it right away. Why? Because the sink is in the way of his face, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's positioned so perfectly that she takes the bag off and I honestly, I didn't think we'd see his face. I thought they were going to leave it up to my imagination. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, I wasn't ready. <laughs> my imagination didn't do that. Man. And they, we cut to Viola, and then we cut to Paul, and it's like, holy shit, his face is so swollen. Mm-hmm. You can't. He's unrecognizable. Yeah, right? he, he can't open his left eye. Yep, he can barely open his right eye, and he can barely speak. But of course, that's really not so much of an issue because he barely spoke before, right? Right. Um. And every time he tries to speak, I, like, crank up the volume just to see what he's saying, you know? You see, that's why – this is one of the few times 
that I'm really glad I watch movies with subtitles. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, that way I could because. <clears throat> Like, I forget you do that. Like when 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 Jake is interrogating him, mm-hmm. you know, he's. I'm like, okay, maybe he is just intentionally being quiet. And then as the movie progresses, I was like, oh no, he's he really is just that quiet. That's right. Um, yeah. but yeah, oh, oh. poor yeah, really poor Paul Dano. Number two. Yeah, and this one is the most impressive. Okay, Jake Gyllenhaal has been. Um, Gets a tip, said someone recognized the the drawing of Bob Taylor. Mm-hmm. And he goes to that department store in the mall and he's talking to the to the girl behind the counter and you know, who is he? I don't know, but he comes around here all the time. He buys children's clothes in different sizes and I saw him messing around with the mannequins once. That was weird. And he goes, Okay, well, uh, what do he pay with? Cash. Okay. Well, here's my card, give me a call. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, this is so brilliant because they didn't begin or end with the mannequin line. It was sort of a throwaway, right? Mm-hmm. And once he moves out of the way, you see the children mannequins, right? Oh, yeah. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> I love that shot so much because you're not really thinking about it. And the camera is positioned in a way where as soon as he moves, that's your first thing you see mm-hmm. is those children mannequins. And so then you think about, wait, didn't she say something about him messing with the mannequins? Is that what she meant? She meant those? You know? Right. And then, yeah, then you're just kind of like. It's brilliant. It's, oh. And that's a way to sort of influence your imagination and without saying those mannequins. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's, all, it's all because of blocking and actor's dialogue and we we get it just through auditory and visual cues right it's amazing you know and you know and it's it's, I noticed something else about the film is they do a lot of mm, (sighs) misdirection is the only thing I can think of Mm -hmm. you know so like when the film makes us think that it's absolutely Paul Dano Mm -hmm. you know and Keller's following him and he sees him kind of torture his aunt's dog. Oh, yeah, that dog. I don't mm-hmm. know how they did that. Yeah. Because it's a real dog because he placed it down and started walking. So. Mm-hmm. I'm sure... I'm sure they must have had... It was really dark behind him, so I bet you it was some they, sort they had of some rigging support, him. yeah. But, yeah, you know, he picks up the dog from the leash, and so the dog's dangling, and Keller's just kind of like, like, uh, that's a little mm-hmm. strange. Yeah. And then he puts the dog down, and they, and they walk. You know, and so, you know... They're they're saying like oh maybe he is maybe because I mean he's being sadistic to this dog that's right what would keep him from being sadistic to a child mm-hmm. um but then you know when it's revealed that he himself was a victim mm-hmm. he was probably doing it as a form of rebellion or or revenge towards yeah Holly um, I think her character's name is yeah because when yeah because when Melissa Leo is talking about when she's walking Keller to the pit or to the Trans Am, I guess, at the time. You don't know what's under there. Yeah. Um, is, you know, I don't remember what his name was. I doubt he does anymore either. You mm-hmm. know, because they really fucked him up with the drugs and the, you know, whatever. And so now, I mean, he's completely worthless. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> that, um, 
that brings me to my first question. Okay. And so for the listeners, so they can understand what the, you know, kind of the under the point of the movie is, is that, you know, Holly and her husband, uh, Alex's aunt, no one can see me quoting, quotes, quote, aunt, um, you know, her and her husband had a son, died of cancer, mm-hmm. and it made them lose their faith, which I will say, that's something I really loved about <clears throat> about the film, mm-hmm. is that this, this you know, th- these things that make us lose our faith, you know, and, and speaking as a Christian myself, you know, I know there were times in my life where I felt like I might lose my faith, and so it was really interesting to see a film... Kind of not yeah. really spin that, but really because it's not just her; it's also Keller, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because um, yep. Keller, deeply religious, sort of throws all that away, you know, and and not so much. It's because he because throughout the movie he does he does still hold religious values. He does pray mm-hmm. very often throughout the whole movie. It's not that, you know, as soon as his daughter's kidnapped, he stops, right? I mean, it's still throughout, but he does pick and choose when... Right. Yeah. Uh, because he has no problem, you know, kidnapping and torturing Alex mm-hmm. for information that he... I mean, he is absolutely sure he has, but he doesn't. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so you know, so they lose their son to cancer. They they lose their faith, and they decide, since God took their son away, they'll take other people's children away. Um, and then, of course, you know, her husband got I don't know guilty or braggy, and she and which is so brilliant because, um, so when she says that he's he's disappeared when she's talking to Keller and you know after my husband disappeared you know I had to do all of this myself mm-hmm. um, which is really really cool because we know exactly where he is and this is another sort of small self-contained we're not sure why this is important but it seems important at the time mm-hmm. is the the priest's basement yes or whatever that a crawl space or whatever that is because there's no stairs to it right yeah Jake yeah, uh, has to jump down into it yeah um and I do want to I mean I want to talk about everything about Loki because mm-hmm. oh absolutely he's amazing so well um oh here let me get to my question sure, sorry. Right, yeah, yeah. Sorry. oh yeah your question so I've been building to that been going the long way around um but anyway you know so her, you know her husband gets braggy or whatever and confesses and then the priest ties him up and he's going to die. Anyway, so my question is, if their goal was to kill these children, mm-hmm. why are Alex and Bobby still alive? I think Bobby is is like Joy because Joy escaped. escaped. right? Yeah. I think that was Bobby's Alex is a replacement. Alex is because he was the first one they the first took. one they kidnapped. So once they kept Alex, they figured, well, that you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, you could you could argue that um, they just didn't. Sorry if you guys are hearing that. It's my headphone. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, my ear hurts. Okay, sorry. Um, it's. It's hard. It because like I get what you're saying because you know there shouldn't be a reason why Alex is alive. Yeah, 
and there shouldn't be a reason Bobby's alive. Yeah. The only reason I can see why Bobby's alive is because he escaped like Joey did. So what I really want to talk about right now is because uh, we're never going to figure out, you know, why why Alex is still alive. I do think that it's just because he's a he's a replacement. Right. So that's so that's all that is. Um, to me anyway. And maybe the replacement just didn't fill the void. Right. And so they're like, well, let's just start killing kids. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but that's an oversimplification, but you get what I'm saying. Really, I want to talk about how great of an actor Jake Gyllenhaal is for roughly six hours. Do we have time for them? I wish. Uh, yeah. So by that, I mean when he came on the first day... The Freemason rings his idea, the tattoos are his idea, and that eye tick is his idea. Yeah. No, now, the thing that. about the eye tick is every time I watch this movie, I think about blinking, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's always doing the... Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Periodically, not all the time, oh. but um, but every once in a while, he'll, he'll blink really hard, right? right? Like an eye tick. And that was his idea. He goes, I don't know, I think he'd have an eye tick. And they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so cool because that's sort of... That's like world building, mm-hmm. right? It's um, it's at a very small scale. Obviously, it's just it's it's character development, but it's something we never address. It the tattoos are nothing we address. The Freemason rings nothing we address. It's just who he is, right? Right. This is a full fledged human being, mm-hmm. um, and how you could remember to do all that is great. Especially the eye tick. I would forget how to. I would forget to do that. Yeah, yeah. Because I I really feel like. I feel like this really proves how, like, <clears throat> sorry, everyone. You know, Pete. You know, Pete Holmes said it best that you know actors have all these choices yeah. to make, and it's funny to take what a comedian said about acting. But you know, actors have all these choices they need to make, and you know, Jake. You know, these are all his choices. Mm-hmm. I feel like my character should have a neck tattoo. You know, some on his knuckles, one on his arm. Yeah, I need a Freemason ring on my pinky, mm-hmm. and uh, I need an eye tick. And you know, Denny V was like. Okay. Okay. And like you said, it works. You know, it's world building. You know, we're seeing, you know, we don't need to understand why he has an eye tick. No. You know, we don't need a backstory of like, oh, you know, when he was a kid, he fell off the roof. And now that's what he does. I don't know. Actually, it's probably just, you know, to me, it's just like, it's a very, very simple form of Tourette's maybe. Or it's... You know, I don't know. It just could be just in a habit or something that he does when he's when he's thinking or when he's upset. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I honestly, I didn't as many times I've seen this movie, I've never really paid attention to when he does it. Yeah. Right. Um, well, and I've noticed also <clears throat> for how great Jake is, he there are these lulls in the movie where he doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're reading everything on his face. Yeah. Like uh, the very end of the movie when um, he's talking to Maria Bello about where Keller is because mm-hmm. you know, Keller goes missing. Oh, no. I don't know where Keller is. Um, and, you know, she's, you know, trying to, you know, figure out what's going to happen with her husband. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, I know, you know, he hasn't contacted me. I know you're going to ask. And he doesn't say anything. You know, and he's if you find him, he's probably going to go to jail. Right. Probably. And that's all he says. No yep. no further explanation, just probably. And then, you know, she keeps talking. He's a good man. He just did what he feel like he needed to do, and he doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And it's and it says so much about the scene. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's that whole thing of he's saying nothing, but he's saying everything, mm-hmm. you know. 
Yeah, he's. Ugh, I love Jake Gyllenhaal, um, <laughs> and I really, honestly, I just love his haircut too because it's yeah. it's those, one of those Boardwalk Empire ones where if he gets frazzled, it's represented in his hair. <laughs> <laughs> that the the the, 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 side, the left and right sides of the hair come down. Yeah. Over his forehead and yeah. his eyes, and oh, uh, man. Oh, dude, when he loses his shit in the oh, in his in office, the, in, the, in the office, oh, I know, breaks the fucking keyboard. That was so cool. And I love how all of the guys are staying back, like oh, Loki's in one of his moods. Yeah, it's like that's not the it's not his first keyboard. Yeah. Well, and I love, and that's something else I love about his character that we don't know his first name. You know, because you know when when detectives introduce themselves, it's always detective and then their last, last name. name. Yeah. So all we know him as is Detective Loki. And even everyone at the precinct calls him Loki. I am just so jealous in how he gets to talk to his boss. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's just like, um, he goes, what did I say? One more day. You can give me one more fucking day. Yeah. You know? I need to know where everybody is. Okay. Do your fucking job. And I'm just like, you just told your boss that? <laughs> like, he's like the captain or whatever. Yeah. It's like, what? Oh. You know, oh, I just, I couldn't, I, you know, I was just very jealous in the way he gets to talk to his boss. Much like office space, if uh, we were ever to do that, we'd yeah. probably get fired. Oh, for sure. Like, oh, uh, to quote Bob Odenkirk from How I Met Your Mother, like, oh, well, uh, security's going to rough you up a bit on the way out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, oh, yeah, I, you know, you, you, you. I will say that you did kind of hype up Jake Gyllenhaal for me. Yeah. But I, I feel mean, like that hype was warranted. Oh, absolutely. Right. You know, you I know. mean, I know I always hype up Jake Gyllenhaal, but in but this now, one. You know, I was like, oh, my God. Especially in that first interaction between him and Paul Dano mm-hmm. when, you know, they get into the RV, which is another question I have for you, but we'll get there. Uh, and, he, and he can see him up in the uh, the hideaway above the mm-hmm. the. And, and he's just berating him. Let me yeah. see your fucking hands. Yeah. Show me both of them. Slowly. Slow. And you know, Paul's hands are just slowly coming out from underneath the curtain. Oh, it, was, it was great. Another cool choice that I don't know if it was a Gyllenhaal choice or it was in the script, but he calls the priest a chicken hawk. Yeah. Which is such an old-timey thing to say to somebody, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it, it, to me, that just encapsulates his character, mm-hmm. right? It's He's not of this time. He's, you know, he doesn't really fit in as a as a detective because he doesn't look like a detective and it's it it's perfect i just love i wish again we had a hundred detective loki movies because <laughs> that's what i want i just want a whole bunch you know um and something else you know uh one of one of my old friends first told me about this movie when it first came out because he's like oh man you gotta see it and i was like oh you know i might and he was like bro Jake Gyllenhaal is fucking insane. I was like, okay, explain. And he tells me the end, which I I knew how the movie ended, but when he told, first told me in 2013, I didn't visualize. I have it written down how the movie. I wanted I wanted to talk about the ending because uh, oh, okay. it's I have it written down. Well, anyway. would you like to just to do that then? Sure. Um, so what the ending does is it it pulls. It pulls a little trick, which I love, um, from really early sound days. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the in the early 30s, uh, you see it in M, where you get to use sound as an important plot device, right? right. And in the, it's so brilliant in in this instance because it's the whistle. Oh yeah. Um, 
you know, being able to use sound as a plot device in the early days of film was unheard of because you can't do that, mm-hmm. right? And you know, in in M, they use it with the with the uh, the. You know, uh, um, the Mountain King. Yeah, and in in Frankenstein they use silence to emphasize points, and that's also in Thirty One, mm-hmm. uh, which again you can do that before. So you get to and progressively films get to really exploit the fact that we have sound, right? Mm-hmm. And so obviously you don't know how long he was blowing that whistle because the lights were going. The music was on. People were talking, right? Mm-hmm. Loki tells him they can go home, pack it up. You're good. And he just sits. He just stands there, and he hears it. And 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 I love and I love how they do it because he he hears it and he's like, ah. nah, yeah. And then he hears it again and he's like, <sighs> and then one more time, and then he turns and prisoners right <sighs> and then oh it's so brilliant so <laughs> so I, I would assume then they're they're alluding that they're gonna find Hugh Jackman yeah because um for a while you don't think they're even gonna find Alex right mm. um but because Loki gets the location wrong he thinks Keller's going to his father's house right instead of uh, Melissa Leo's mm-hmm we we get closure with Alex. Yes, uh, because he's screaming and hollering in the in the bathroom, and potentially you know there he is, right? Right. And it's alluded to when all of the police officers are there, and they're like, "All right, you got to go notify notify the aunt." He goes, "No, I got to look for." He goes, "Hey, Keller's gone. Go look for the aunt." Mm-hmm. Right. And and so when he notifies, uh, when he goes there to, to notify, then all hell breaks loose, and then he, you know, oh, blah, man, that's when he finds the picture, right, of mm. her husband, and which you know it's crazy because he looked at that picture in an earlier scene, mm-hmm. and the the pendant didn't click with him until the body, right, and until Bob Bob Taylor was drawing the maze, mm. right, the unsolvable maze, right, um. Which becomes extremely important. I really wish they had, which again is a testament to not spoon feeding. Um, but you wish they would have. Well, no. I just more? wish I knew a little bit more about the the book. Oh, the the Invisible Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know it's just in passing, which is reality. They wouldn't the, give the, an exposition dump about it because they both know what it is. Right. Yeah. At a crime scene, they've been like, oh, well, you don't know about this. Well, here, let me tell you. Yeah. Exactly. They're not going to do that. Yeah. Which is. Perfect, not spoon feeding. Right but at the same time, you're kind of because I felt the same thing. I was like, okay, cool, I get that. I want a little more though. Can you give me just a little bit more? But we've moved on. Yeah, I mean, and that's exactly how it would have gone. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes, found this book, Invisible Man. Uh, it's been discredited. Good. Whatever. Yeah. It's so like maybe the, he thought he was the Invisible Man. It's the, I don't know. It's the maze at the end of the book. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go, okay. End of information I need, you know? Yeah. But I'm like, not end of information I need. Well, just, can I just, just one know? more nugget, please? But it was enough to connect Bob Taylor with Melissa Leo. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, man, him killing himself in the, in the <gasps> interrogation was crazy. And which is great because Loki's not perfect. He's made this horrible mistake. Right. 
and this is when his boss can give it back to him, and he's like, you know, I'm sorry. He goes, fuck, you're sorry. Tell it to the tell it to the girl's parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just lost this for him. We're never gonna find those kids. Um, so this this movie has a lot of tension. Oh right? yeah. Two f- two of my favorite scenes of tension is in Bob Taylor's house with all of the the crates or all of those boxes. Oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, because you because you you start to think with Jake Gyllenhaal that they're that the girls are in the boxes. Yeah, those girls are in those boxes. You know, and um, I, I'm going to forgive the fact that um, you can just hit it a couple of times with uh, a crowbar with a crowbar and whatever. Who cares? He opens it, and I'm like, snakes! <laughs> you <know? laughs> but you find out later in exposition, or uh, I guess in, ex- in dialogue, that uh, her husband kept snakes. Yeah, because uh, she's telling Keller, um, you know, Alex had a horrible accident. My husband likes snakes. Yeah. And then that's all she says. That's all. That's all we need. We mm-hmm. just need to know that's why Bob Taylor kept snakes. Right? Right. Again, this movie all connects, and it's it's perfect. It's a perfect whodunit. Um, it's a perfect detective story. And, you know, and it depicts a very specific type of grief, this sort of, yes, they're gone, but they're not dead. We don't know that. And so the parents have to endure this sort of um, this lack of closure because that's what – missing persons cases are mm-hmm. are you know they might be dead but also probably not yeah and that's something else that like <clears throat> I think that's one of the things that I I don't like in movies when um, someone gets blamed for something that's not their fault mm-hmm. and I understand it's grief yeah. but I've, I've just never liked that mm-hmm. so the part where Maria Bello is blaming Hugh Mm-hmm. For Anna's disappearance, you know, you said you'd pr- always protect us. Yeah, you, you, and you. Why haven't you found her yet? I'm like, first of all, bitch, <laughs> not his fault. Not his. Like, do you think he called Paul Dano? Like, hey, uh, I need you to kidnap my daughter. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm come find you and torture you. It's a it's a testament to what we already established in the first 15 minutes is that he is always prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, which it again is why this is so shocking because he's prepared for everything except for this, right? Right. Uh, at least in the family dynamic, that's why it's so shocking. Right. Um, but I agree. I was like, yeah, but you know, she's sad. I, I forgive you. <laughs> I forgive you, Maria Bello. You're fine. Um, and so okay. So I really want to talk about how intense. The final torture is okay. That he puts Alex into the shower. Yeah. Boxes him up mm. with just like a little, probably PCP pipe, and it's just to talk through. That's mm-hmm. what it's for. It's not for him to get light because it's as little light as possible. And it's like, how did you think of this, right? Yeah. It, it's it's almost that uh, when we were talking about the the Russian. A torture device of having water to your thighs, mm-hmm. right? Now, you can sit down, it's not comfortable, but you can't sleep, right? No. It's it's sort of like, where'd you come up with that? You know, mm-hmm. rigging the water heater to have it either scalding or freezing. freezing. Which, 
maybe this is a little part of my sadistic brain, but I kind of wanted to see him crank the freezing, but it only cranks the scalding. Right, because it's the only one we could f- we could see with our eyes which uh, one it is, right? Right, 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 I, right? Yeah, I thought about the same thing, but I was like, how would we know if it's cold? Yeah, because, yeah, he pointed it out, and he's like, you know, I rigged this, you know, to be scalding or freezing, and he points to both, mm-hmm. but we only ever see him grab the scalding. Right, because so, so the- we can see the steam come out of... And I will say that was a cool shot. I know, right? It was that hot that it was coming out of the, the yeah. talk hole. That's that's how that's how hot it was, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he didn't. They didn't put that in because you wouldn't be able to tell, right? Without him saying, "Here's the cold one," like you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, get ready for the freezing now. All right, here's the freezing. No, it's you know, <laughs> no words, crank, screaming, steam, mm-hmm. and that's all we need. We right. need to know he put on the hot one. Yeah. yeah. You know, and <clears throat> ma'am, and, you know, to think, you know, because, you know, he's sitting in a bathtub, probably very little legroom. Mm-hmm. I know Paul Dano's, I heard he's super tall. Is he tall? I, I, I did know. not know that. I don't know. Um, but, you know, you're in, you know, probably a, I don't know, math. You know, six by five thing. You're, you're you're very confined. Yeah. And man, it just. I don't have claustrophobia, but when they would show those shots of all you can see is one corner of his face. Yeah. I was just like, oh, like please. And I was pleased. I was like, oh, good, the swelling's gone down. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, but well, it was on the eye that he could. Oh, open. That, that's a good point. So we don't know if the and plus you know he was getting hit with scalding water. That's a good point. Oof. But Sometimes at least it's cold. <clears throat> but at we least that's gonna get all the blood off. Maybe. Good point. Good point, Rain. <laughs> um, Making light of a torture situation. And if you do the the timeline, so uh-huh. I think it's eight days. Because at at the point yeah. where Loki's following him to the liquor store, it's been six. Yeah, because yeah, that oh. That do that scene. I know. Because I can tell, you could tell that Loki's getting annoyed mm-hmm. with how Keller's been behaving towards him, but he's still trying to maintain his, like, professionalism towards him because he understands, okay, he's a grieving father. But, ah, oh, it was such a good scene. Yeah, I agree. Um, that back and forth between them in the car is fantastic. And one of my favorite, I mean, it's the only part that makes me giggle, is uh, he goes and, I mean, not breaks in, but gets into the house, the the uh, the father's house. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I'm not going to find two girls in here, am I? And he's like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of makes me giggle because it's, you know, Loki's dead serious. You know, he's oh, just yeah. like, you know, he has now ruled him out as a suspect. Mm-hmm. Not until, I mean, even up until the very end when he, when it clicks in his mind when Joy says you were there. And he goes, what are you talking about? Oh, it has to be her house, right? Mm-hmm. It's Melissa Leo's house. I got it. And when he runs off, they're like, he's got him, you know. Um, yeah, it's just so it keeps you guessing till the very end. And yeah. then the second best tense scene is getting that little girl to the hospital. Oh, yeah, getting Anna to the hospital is crazy. <laughs> see, now that, that was the, the end I wanted to talk about because yeah. – you know, he has a shootout with uh, Holly, mm-hmm. the aunt. Kills her, but I'm a st- from what it, it, it grazes his forehead. Right, and so he's got blood coming down the right side of his face. Mm-hmm. 
hauling ass to the hospital. Yeah. And, and it's cold and it's snowing and there's ice. And, and he's like trying to get the blood out of his eye, but also like keep his eyes on the road. The uh, eye, I should say, on the road. And it goes really, really blurry. And then you're like, oh, shit. He's not going to make He's it. He's going to pass out. And then it's like, there it is. The, the, the hospital. Like, oh, he found it. I know. And then he <laughs> slips coming out of the car. And you're like, oh, my God. Oh, that's so great. I, I That's such a great sequence. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, it's kind of like the last, and you won't understand this because you're <laughs> a heathen, but um, it's like the last few episodes of Breaking Bad. You're standing up with your hands on your head. You're like, holy shit. What the hell is going to go? Oh, my God. Um, that's pretty much what it, the, the equivalent of that is. Yeah, because he's trying to keep, some. he's trying to keep Anno somewhat cognizant. Yeah. Because she, I think she was already mm. unconscious. Yeah, because they had already pumped the drugs into, she had already pumped the drugs in her system. And, um, well, I think she was already unconscious before she did. Loki looks at the vial. I guess, I, he, I don't he, even know if we see the vial. I don't know what's in it. We, well, Ketamine, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, because he sees it and he's like, "Oh shit!" And he yeah. scoops her up. Yeah, and then that's when he's in the car. And and I, I love the POV shot of the car. So yeah. we're seeing like, not from the car's perspective, but from the Lucky's. car's perspective. Yeah, which I thought was so cool that yeah. you know it, the camera's going as fast as the car is going, and then we see the inside of the car, and Loki's like. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. The whole movie's good. I, you know, I'm so happy, and I got to pick this one. And that, and and that's another one of my one of those scenes where, you know, they say nothing but they're saying everything mm-hmm. when they wheel Anna into Loki's room, mm-hmm. and they're not really exchanging anything, but they they, but they're saying everything at the mm-hmm. same time. Oh, that poor little girl. I know. <laughs> She just wanted her red whistle. She wanted her red whistle. And, um, which, you know, to your thing about how everything connects, because mm-hmm. then Maria Bella says, you know, because he said, you know, Loki says, <clears throat> oh, so you found her whistle. And she was like, no, I think she's still confused. She says that they found it before mm-hmm. they were taken. So I just bought her a new one. Yeah. And, because we see Keller find it. Yeah. Keller's, we, we know Keller's already found it mm-hmm. in, in the pit. No. Um, and what's so great is if you go back and watch it, that Trans Am is always in the frame mm-hmm. when they go to her house. And I was starting that's to where sus- they are. I was starting to suspect. I was like, yeah. something's up with this Trans Am. Yeah, it's so great. And she even draws attention to it. She goes, it's for sale if you want it, you know. And, and, and like, I think she knows because of how run down it is. Everyone would be like, yeah, no. I'm good. No. You know, um, and – it's so brilliant because that's that's her way of drawing attention to it and then you forgetting about it because it's like, oh, hey, that hunk of junk's for sale. Like, mm, gross. No. <laughs> I'm not going to take the time to, no. you know, try mm. to fix this. Gross. Right? And then that way it's been established. We, we know, like, as a detective, I know that car's there, but it's mm. not important. Right? Yeah, it's... <sighs> it's great. <clears throat> you know, the movie was very intense, but... Not so intense that I couldn't, like, that I had to pause it. Because mm-hmm. um, I can't remember what movie. I remember where I was watching one movie, and it was getting very intense, and I had to pause it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, I need to calm down. I'm getting, I'm getting too excited. Excuse me. I'm getting too into this. I need to pause it. With this, I was more, I was like, okay, my, 
my adrenaline's going up, but I need to see what happens. I have to, I have to know if they find those little girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. And, uh, and you know, and it's, you know, kind of going back to the, something else I wanted to mention, going back to the whole, you know, losing your faith, you know, uh, Melissa Leo explains it as, you know, we knew people would lose their face and faith and turn into demons like you have. Right. And then that's when it kind of hits Keller like, uh, sh- I did exactly what she wanted me to do. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, man, I need Jackman does such a good job, man. I know. He's great. Like, I, I think about that the whole movie. I'm just like, he's a really good actor. I feel, <laughs> like, I feel like people only always see him as just Wolverine. Or song and dance man. Yeah. You know, Les Mis and uh, P.T. Barnum. Yeah. Which I haven't seen The Greatest Showman. I don't want to. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's well, fine. I know how you feel about musicals. It depends on the musical. Yeah. But well, so then what did you think of Les Mis? I didn't see Les Mis. <laughs> that's not a musical that's talk singing, and that's ridiculous. So it's talk singing, right? It's talk singing. They, they sing dialogue. It's not, it's not dialogue song, dialogue oh. song. It's dialogue singing the entire way through. That's oh. what it is. Yeah. You're one of those musical guys. No, I don't like that. I think it's <laughs> dumb. <laughs> um, Just talk to me. Don't sing to me. Ugh. But anyway, no, I. but I feel like you is not necessarily um, underrated, but I feel like people don't really see his range. I agree. It's, it's um, either one or the other. He was you know. really good in The Prestige. And uh, I think that was the last time I ever thought of him as a good actor. Besides, Logan was great, but yeah, I I loved Australia. Oh, I didn't see that. Well, because you don't like. Do you like Boz Lerman? I've never asked you that. No, not really. I had a feeling you didn't. Uh, Moulin Rouge hurt my head. I had to turn off. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much, so quick, and I'm like, Baz, buddy, <laughs> slow down. And it gave me a headache, and I just don't know. So you didn't see uh, Greg Gatsby? No. But it's got Leo. Don't care. With Leo. Don't care. And, you know, I'm sure Joel Schumacher had something to do with that. (laughs) Guaranteed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, no, I I loved Hugh the whole movie. I thought he was, you know, he, he plays a really good dad, I've learned. Like, his, he, he plays a good dad. Yeah. Um, and I can't think of uh, the actor who plays his son. I can't either. He's been in a few things. I always get him mixed up with the kid from um, Perks of Being a Wallflower. I get those two mixed up all Ezra the time. Miller? No. The, oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get those two mixed up in my head a lot. Well, when I was telling Ashley, I was like, yeah, and his son is uh, fucking the kid from 13 Reasons Why. Yes. And, and again, I always think it's the kid from Perks of Being a Wallflowers in that movie or in that show, and it's not. Um, but uh, so, so I want to – hang on. I have, to, I have to tell this little story. So I'm watching the movie. Ashley's watching American Horror Story in our bedroom, and she's kind of listening to the movie. And I hear her go um, at the part where Keller and his son, Ralph – have, you know, an altercation. Yeah, in the bedroom, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, he's like, I know you're going out there getting drunk. I could smell it on you. And, it's you know, Keller slams so him into pink. the wall. And <sighs> Ashley go, I hear Ashley go, was that Shia LaBeouf? And so I had to pause. And I was like, what? And so, so we're yelling from the living room to our bedroom. And she's like, was that Shia LaBeouf? And I was like, who? Which line? 
She was like, I don't know. I was like, the one that said shut up or the one that said, I know you've been out going drunk. She was like, yeah, that one. I was like, no. Well, I mean, which line? Either, whatever you say either way, no. Because <laughs> he's not in this movie. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know. Just a part of me wanted to figure out what, like, what, which one did you think sounded like uh, Shia LaBeouf? Oh, sidebar. Can't wait to see Honey Boy. Oh, it's going to be so good. When is it uh, going to be out on Amazon? I have no idea. Because I know it had a, uh, a limited theatrical release. So dumb. I want to see it so bad. Yeah. Looks great. Anyway, um, <laughs> Prisoners, amazing. Yeah. Um, it was, man. Like, Joel Schumacher, this is what a good movie looks like. Because <laughs> uh, this this is a good one. It's one of my all-time favorites. I've seen it, like, I don't know, eight times by now. I definitely am going to have to find it and own it because I... I'm, I'm not letting you keep mine. That's I, true. I know. I, I enjoyed it so much more. Like, I knew I would probably enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was really worried I would leave watching the movie kind of very... Um, I'm going to use a child term here. Here we go. But this is the easiest way I can describe how I feel after certain movies. Feeling... It's making me laugh. Icky. <laughs> Feeling um, but, icky. But, like, you know, it just... With certain, with certain, like, thrillers, I always feel very just kind of like... See, ugh. movies that make me feel icky... Icky. Um, <laughs> bring a huge smile to my face because, I mean, that's how I... I after the end of Requiem for a Dream or... Well, and, I, and I know you don't yeah. like happy endings. No, movies. I don't at all. This one was okay because it wasn't well. It wasn't like a direct happy ending. No, and it was the way it was represented to me that Keller might make it out, but I know that he's going to jail for the rest of his life. So, really, I think for, so for kidnapping, torture? for almost killing that kid who had nothing to do with it. Uh huh. Yeah, he's he's Hugh Jacked man. Because that's what uh, as soon when mom saw it, she goes, "Oh yeah, he's going to jail for the rest of his life." <laughs> Uh, she shout out to mom, um, <laughs> and I showed this to dad a, f- a year or two ago, mm-hmm. and um, and I showed him this one in Nightcrawler <sighs> around the Nightcrawler. same time. Um, a, definitely a movie we have to do in this podcast. It's, oh, yeah. uh, Nightcrawler because it's so another Jake Gyllenhaal because I love him. Um, <laughs> another movie where he makes crazy choices, and actually in the director commentary of Nightcrawler, he mentions prisoners. As like, have you ever seen Prisoners? Because he's talking to the writer um, or the producer or whatever. And he goes, man, the choices he makes in Prisoners is crazy. And it's almost just as crazy as the choices he makes here. Uh, by being so gaunt, so thin, the long hair, the wardrobe. Oh, okay. Um, okay. In Nightcrawler. Yeah. And he, and that, he mentions Prisoners as, you know, the brilliance of his, his acting choices and his aesthetics. So you mean to tell me... That Jake Gyllenhaal's Prisoners is uh, Nicolas Cage's va- Vampire's Kiss? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yes. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Vampire's Kiss. Oh, my God. If uh, Denny V is listening to our podcast, he is probably going to kick down my door and be like, did you just compare my movie to Vampire's Kiss? Yeah, because Denny V is... We keep calling him Denny V like we're bros. We uh, I bros. wish... Um, Just he's, like uh, he's absolutely Wayne brilliant. I've seen, yeah. Well, Wayne Knight is my dad. Uh, <laughs> sorry, dad. Um, uh, we, <laughs> Denny V did this one. He did Enemy. He did Sicario, Arrival, and then Blade Runner. Um, in order, by the way, I'm pretty proud of that. Um, you did Sicario? Oh yeah. 
Now I'm really gonna have to watch it. Oh, it's so good. Uh, but I'm assuming definitely he, a movie we're doing down the line. Um, but I'm assuming he didn't do the second one. No. Um, did Taylor have, Taylor Sheridan did the second one himself? Did he um, do? Did he have anything to do with the? He thing? wrote. He wrote Sicario. He also wrote Wind River and Hell or High Water. Denny V? Taylor Sheridan. Well, no, I'm, I'm talking about Denny V. Oh, I think he produced it maybe, but I think he was busy working on Blade Runner. Uh, and so uh, Taylor just did it. Sidebar. Still is just as good. I was just about to ask you that. I was about to say, you know, sidebar. You know, how does Day of Soldado, Day of Soldado, I don't fucking know how to pronounce it. Day of Soldado? Yeah, that. How does it hold up to the first Sicario? Not as good, but it's different, right? Because it's supposed to be? Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's a continuation, but not really, because we we don't really mention Il- Emily Blunt again in the second That's one. That's upsetting. Um, so it's just, where are these other characters now? Mainly Josh Brolin and Benicia Del Toro. Yeah. It's like, what are they doing now? What are they trying to solve this time and what have they got themselves into now and that's what you know this and it's brilliant I, and I think Sicario is good. Spanish for assassin right Hitman Hitman oh, okay. mm-hmm. well I mean Hitman assassin Soldado is soldier by the way <laughs> Day of the soldier but anyway uh, prisoners it should be Dia de los Soldado but whatever <laughs> well you know the new American audience is probably uh, when I went to see Sicario it was 90% Hispanics in the in the theater. Probably, yeah. And I was like, my people, what's up, dude? I was like, what's up, homie? And they're like, what's up, dude? As you sound so white as you're saying that. Yeah. But I can do the accent. <laughs> when I'm when I'm speaking Spanish, I can do it. Yeah. Um, but you know, man, Prisoners. <sighs> so good. Yeah, um, agreed. I, uh, I very much enjoyed it. I'm going to have to find it. Um, you know, since you are the expert, is it uh, on Criterion? No. I'm assuming you would have it. If of course. <laughs> of course I would. Um, no, this is not on Criterion, which is really upsetting. None of this stuff is. And and well, it's not the fact that it's new because some – there are some releases like Personal Shopper that only came out in Criterion. Uh, Criterion okay. got it and released it with them and it didn't get another release. Um, right. Okay. Um, and that's a movie that's only like four years old. So. Really? Yeah, hmm. which is great. Um, Kristen Stewart, she's good. She's uh, good. Yeah, I mean, not as good as Robert Pattinson is. If you want to compare the Twilight, uh, the Twilight actors and what they did afterward, Kristen Stewart is a lot a better actor than you think she is because of those movies. But Robert Pattinson is far superior an actor oh, than she is. Yeah, and, I know he did... Um, and our buddy Alex got to see The Lighthouse. I'm so fucking jealous because I want to see it so to, bad. Didn't, uh, didn't, uh, didn't, uh, didn't uh, Robert Pattinson play Salvador Dali in a movie? Uh, no, 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 Dali. No? I don't know. <laughs> I can answer I can answer that now. <laughs> no, no. He played He played one. He played a He played a artist in <laughs> one. Oh, did he? I don't fucking know. Which I don't one. know. I just know my favorites after he has left... That Twilight stuff behind. Uh, my favorites are Rover, which is excellent, and um, Good Time, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, uh, would you like to tease for next week? Since it, well, I mean, it's a my, it's my pick. It is, it is a rain pick. But um, I know it's a movie that you're, you would like to talk about. Yes, because I am, 
I don't want to call myself an expert because I am not, although nah. I do love him very much. Uh, you're, you're, you're my expert. Um, the next film actually came out the day I was born in a wide release. It was the it came out January eighth, nineteen ninety three. Is Richard Attenborough's Chaplin? Chaplin. That's right. Ah. Um, and Robert Downey Jr. plays Charlie Chaplin. And ah, RDJ. It's pretty great. Um, they have to do a lot of. Um, People mixing, meaning mm, this one, of... yeah, this one person represents these ten people, right? Right. And um, this one person represents the idea of this person because they like, didn't really exist. Charlie like, Chaplin didn't have a ghostwriter, you know. Yeah. Um, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Coming off that, uh, oh no, before Sons of the Lambs, right? Nope, no, it was after. After that's right. It was 1990. Duh. Mm-hmm. So he's coming so off of that Hannibal Lecter yeah. money. And it's it's a I mean, it's just it's Chaplin. I love Chaplin. Oh yeah. I, I love I anything mean, Charlie Chaplin. I you know, just give a little tease for next week. I I remember the first time I ever stumbled upon that movie. I didn't really know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I knew of Charlie I knew of Charlie Chaplin. I'd never seen any of his movies. I knew his character. I didn't know it was called the Tramp. The Tramp. The character was called the Tramp. Um and, you know, by this point, I, I knew who Robert Downey Jr. was. I'd seen, I think by this point, I'd seen Iron Man 1 and 2. I think those movies had come out. Oh, wow. Out. So you had, you had seen this movie after mm-hmm. Iron Man. Oh, okay. Oh, and, well, and then I also saw Kiss Kiss Bang Bang before I saw Chaplin. Okay. So I could kind of see that Robert has a range outside of Marvel. He is one of the best Americans that can do a foreign accent. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about his accent in Doolittle, though. Oh, I'm not going to say that. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Doolittle. I have, unfortunately, and it looks terrible. I don't want to see it. It does not interest me at all. It is is a a sort of companion piece of the original, which is cool. I do like that, that they didn't go... Like with Eddie Murphy? Murphy. (laughs) With it, they're they're going more of the classic Dr. Doolittle story, which is... But I'm not gonna say. Well, I heard that the this one went through like development hell and like different interesting uh, film companies to produce it. And Those of, of you sh- actually who don't know who Richard Attenborough is, by the way, because I did say Richard Attenborough's Chaplin. Yeah. Um, uh, and now I um, <laughs> Richard Attenborough is in one of Rain's all-time favorite movies. Um, the remake of Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, he plays uh, Santa Claus. And, oh, yeah, he was in Jurassic Park. Yeah, but, you know, he was uh, Wayne Knight's boss. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne Knight had to uh, say thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, which is so ironic because Wayne Knight's my dad. Um, sorry, Dad. So, <laughs> but, yeah, so Richard Attenborough directed um, Chaplin. and It was one of his last movies, wasn't it? Uh, before he retired? remember. Because I know... No, because I think Miracle on 34th Street was after that. Well, yes, it was. But he was in uh, Lost World. No, Lost World was his final movie. Um, that makes more sense. Yeah, because he has a very, he has very like, five minutes. Because Miracle on 34th Street was before that. Um, it's just, listen, well, I, no, well, I know my Attenborough. Well, what I was saying was well, that was his final film directing. Oh, Oh, that's a good. That's a good question. I actually. I know he directed movies before Chaplin. Mm-hmm. 
Um, anyway. Good question. I don't know the answer to Conversation that. Conversation for next week. Right. I, I do really, really like this movie a lot. So uh, we so. hope everyone enjoyed. Um, definitely pick up Prisoners. Give it a a twice over. Oh, for sure. At least. <laughs> and uh, enjoy some Jake Gyllenhaal. Woo!